0: Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy
1: the message. I'm excited about this year. I was thinking that this is the only time really we'll ever get to say 2020 vision, and it's 2020. I mean, so that's cool, 2020 vision. So next week, this is just a plug for next week, we are going to do 2020 vision. So I'm going to cover vision, vision for City Life Church, what he's speaking to us and kind of where we're headed. And I'm going to link in the whole exciting plan of our property over on 6th Avenue Northeast and kind of what's developing with that. So don't miss next Sunday. It's going to be exciting. You're going to get to hear a lot of great things. And we're excited about what God is doing yes. Yes. and what he will be doing. And I was, as I was preparing for this morning, I just really sensed God was speaking this morning, wanted to speak to us, I would say in a prophetic sense. He speaks to us prophetically through his scripture. We see it often in the Old Testament where there was a prophetic the prophets spoke prophetically of the things to come and, and about Jesus Christ and all those things, and so prophets were uh, something that was very common, and it's still, today, it's part of the the giftings that are given the body of Christ. There's prophecies and, and so forth, and so the Lord tends to share things. He doesn't reveal everything to us, because I think if we, everything was revealed to us about our future and everything, I think we would probably just stay home and not go anywhere, because... The reality is some of the things that we go through in life, we would say, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not willing to do that. I don't want the pain. I don't want to have to go through that. And there's exciting things that happen as well, but the Lord does a good job of kind of releasing things as he sees fit, and he's there for us to go through the challenging times because I think many of us would choose not to have children or not to get married or all of those things if we knew right? If we knew, if he told us everything. <laughs> so he's good enough. He loves us enough to say, no, I'm going to withhold a little bit. But I, I really sense this morning that God wants to prophetically speak to us. Uh, not everything I, that I'm going to say this morning is what we'd consider prophetic, but I just sense that, that was uh, there, there's a prophetic spirit, a prophetic anointing uh, for this morning. And so I want to pray and ask God to Release that to us this morning, and if you're here today and you operate in the prophetic, I'm going to give you opportunity as well. I just believe that that's something that's on God's heart today. It's not something that we do regularly or every Sunday here, but we certainly believe that God speaks to us about things in our future and things to come, and I believe he wants to reveal some things to us and get us stirred up and excited about what he's doing in the earth today. And so if you'll join me this morning, I just want to pray. Lord, we're asking you this morning, God, you're here already. Your presence is here. We've had an amazing time worshiping you, God, and and communion and and honoring you and everything, God. And so we're asking as we move into this year, 2020, God, you're you're speaking to us afresh. You've got some things that you're doing that are going to be a little different, um, and we need to be okay with that. And Lord, and, and so we're asking that our hearts and ears would be open to hear what you have for us this morning. And we ask you in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Before I get into some more specifics about what God's really speaking in regards to our church and our community and so forth, just to touch a little bit on the national level, what I've just kind of been see, seeing and sensing, and I'm, some of these things aren't necessarily prophetic for me, but just things that I... I'm saying, yeah, that seems to make sense, that seems to line up, but what I, I really sense and see that there will be a continuing a shaking in our government. I, I believe we're going to continue to see that even more and more, and we're going to begin to see some justice happen, I believe, in 2020, and I, I believe that's just the hand of God, that he already knows everything that's going on in our government, and he's not panicking, he knows what's going on, and so I believe there will be leaders that will be brought down or brought to justice, because there's so often we're like, God, why don't you deal with that? You know, I'm going through this, and I've hardly, and God, look at this, it's so blatant. You know, he's up there, he goes, I, I got this, I got this, because the reality is that we all, some, at one point, we all come before him. It's not our place to judge for other people, that's God's place, but we continue to pray for our nation and we pray for those in leadership because the Bible says to do that. And so as we see and have seen this so often in the news, and what was and has been what would be considered gray area politically or in our government or how things are run, it kind of historically seen, it's like it, it kind of melds together. Yeah, there's some kind of over here and here, but I believe that there's going to become even a, a greater divide of what would be considered the moral values and the things that we see of biblical principles versus the thing that the enemy is trying to bring into our nation and introduce into our nation to lead us in destruction. And we're going to see that become much more clear, I believe, as days come. So there will be an opportunity to really say, hey, I'm for this, or I'm for this. It's not kind of this gray area of, where well, we just kind of throw it up and see what happens. And I even believe that Those who would be considered more moderate, maybe in their views and their values, we're gonna see them have to run farther to the left to even be able to stay in the game because that's what the enemy's trying to do to raise up what he's doing on his side. And I believe the Lord is saying, I'm allowing this to happen. Trust me, trust me in this because the dark's gonna get darker, but the light is gonna get lighter. And Jesus Christ is gonna shine bright. So I believe in 2020, as we're moving in, as we're going to go into this year, we're going to see a lot of things happen. I believe we're going to see continued economic prosperity in our country. That's going to continue and probably even get greater. I just have a sense and a feel for that, that that's going to happen. And that's a good thing. I've seen recently, I was kind of looking back through some prophecies and different things that that I've seen. And it's interesting that there's prophetic words out there talking about our current president, there was one I read about back in 2007, which was way before uh, you know, he even considered running for president. There was a prophecy that a Trump would be raised up to become president, and he would be a hot-blooded person, but God was going to grab his heart. He was coming in not, not as a prayer person, but going to be elected, and he was going to shake up the government. It was interesting, because I just listened to this the other day, and I said, this was 2007? And that he would be shaking up the government. The enemy would do everything he could to get him out of office. And as he continued his term, that he was going to become filled with the Holy Spirit. And that God was going to use him in a powerful way. So I thought, well, I mean, there's a lot of that. That I'm like, okay, wow, you can't just make this stuff up. And and there's been other prophecies I read that he was going to be reelected and so forth. Whatever happens... We pray for those in government. And we say, God, you're, whatever you're doing, God, we are for you. <laughs> we are for you. Because we're not about being for a political party or a person or whatever. We're for him. And so we have to trust him in whatever he's doing. And so I just believe, and now moving toward the, in the sense of the church, and I just believe that there's going to be a movement towards unity in the church. I just sensed that as I was praying through this. Towards unity of the faith, coming together and saying, we are going to be church strong. We're going to be believers strong because historically, the church has been pretty messed up in as far as its unity and, being able, and following the, the call of God on, on the life of the church. It's been pretty messed up. And I would say that Satan has been able to sit back at times and say, one of my greatest tools is the church. Think about that for a moment because the church, they eat their own. <laughs> But I see God coming in, coming on the scene and saying, I'm calling my church to unity. And I believe he's starting even right here in this church. And I, I believe we're seeing that. We're seeing the unity of faith coming together. And as I mentioned, I believe last week, where there's unity, the Lord commands a blessing. And I believe the Lord is commanding a blessing on this house. And he has strategically placed us in this community. And he has an incredible plan. And We'll, we'll talk more about that next week, but there's a couple scriptures the Lord gave me, and one of them was in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, and this is Joseph when he was going through all of the things that seemed to turn his cart upside down and go through all of these things that, where the intentions were to bring him down from the enemy, and so he says this, he says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. I believe that's God's heart here, because I believe the enemy's intent was to try to bring us down, to try to destroy us, to try to get us out of this community as a church. And I believe he's come to speak to us this morning to say, whatever the enemy's intent was for evil, I'm turning it for good. I'm unifying my church, and I'm calling them to become those who I've called them to be. And, and that's every one of us here today, that we're part of the body of Christ, we're part of this movement that's moving forward. There's a word the Lord gave me, the word was remnant. Now if you study that, there's a lot of things that describe that in the Bible, and some of it was birthed out of just the fact that there was a lot of sin in certain groups and God had to purify and cleanse, and it, there's other definitions where it's just a portion of something that's saved that's, that's brought and used to, to create something much bigger, And so I I just believe that God has saved and preserved a remnant that we are moving forward to embrace what God has for us. Uh, The story that God gave to me very clearly to talk about this morning is actually in 1 Kings 18. And I don't have any video stuff up here, anything on the screen. I told my guys, I said, I'm just going this morning because I believe God's given me some prophetic things and I'm just going to kind of do this without having whatever up there to make it, Distracting in any way possible, and that's good. I use that all the time. But I just felt like I'm just going to do this, and you can focus on listening and write, writing notes or whatever. And you can always go listen to the podcast again to get refreshed on that. But in First Kings chapter 18, this is where Elijah had previously prophesied to King Ahab. He was a king over Israel, and he prophesied to him and said that there's going to be many years of drought. And so we come. That was what happened prior to this portion of scripture. And so now we see where Elijah says to Ahab in verse 41, he said, Elijah said to Ahab, go get something to eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. Now this is three years later or so. It hasn't rained. It's been a drought. It's been famine. Everything not good. So he says to Ahab, go get something to eat and drink. Basically calling out, saying, hey, this is going to happen just go go get something to eat and drink and god's going to do something incredible and so we see so Ahab went to eat and drink he listened to the prophet and he was obedient to him instead of going hey why am i why would i do that there you know we're in, we're in the midst of this this drought but elijah then when ahab went he sent him elijah then is going okay now i just There's something that God is going to do. I need to go contend for this thing. I need to go and seek God like crazy because we may see and God may speak to us and say, hey, you know, I'm going to do this. But we must position ourselves in a place of contention and contending. So here we see, so Elijah, he climbed to the top of Mount Carmel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. He's crying out to God. Then he said to his servant, go. And look out toward the sea. What was he looking for? (laughs) The servant went and looked, then returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him, Go out and look. Go out and look. God has told me that the rains are coming. He's told me. He's given this promise. He told me about the, the drought, and now he's telling me he's bringing rain. Keep going, keep going, because we're contending. We're contending for the word. We're contending for the promise that God has given. Ahab already just believed it and said, okay, I'll go get some food and drink. But Elijah had some work to do. So he goes up on the mountain. He's seeking God. Go and look. Finally, the seventh time, his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising up out there. In the distance, I just saw a little cloud. There probably never been clouds in three years. He saw a little cloud. If you put your hand up and look out, just like this little cloud rising from the sea. Then Elijah shouted, hurry, go to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. And soon the sky was black with clouds. A heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm. And Ahab left quickly for Jezreel. Then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. He tucked his cloak into his belt and ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel. Now, when I studied this, that's about 25 miles. He has supernatural power. He is so focused about the word that God gave him and to contend for this and knowing this is what's going to happen. Elijah contended over and over. He demonstrated how earnestly he was petitioning God. He was, God, I I know your word. I know what it says. And I believe God's speaking to us as a church that we are to contend for the word of the Lord that he's bringing to us this year. He's going to tell us some amazing things, but we have to contend. We can't let the enemy come and snatch those words and take those from us and, and allow us to be defeated. We can just sit back and say, well, God spoke it. So It should come to pass. We're just going to wait. No, no. He's called us, just like we heard in that little video clip, he's called to partner with us. Because you know why? He could do it all without us, but he wants us to experience the power and the glory of God for ourselves. And that we could be those who are excited about what kingdom business is and what it is to see people come to Christ. Contenders have the unction and the drive to see a mission completed. Those who contend, those who get down and dirty, those who get down and get their head between their knees and begin to cry out to God, they're the ones that have the drive and the, the passion and the compassion to go and to run like Elijah did and to pass the chariots. Can you imagine? Because horses run pretty fast. I don't know. I've seen them run. They're fast. You can't run as fast as a horse. But for 25 miles, he ran past the chariots, the horses that were going fast because Ahab's got to get there before the rainstorm. And can you imagine being there and looking over and seeing this guy running by? And you're just like, what the heck? That's just the power of God at work to give him supernatural strength because he was committed. He's like, I'm going to get there before everybody else. Colossians 4.2 says, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. I believe God's calling us to more times of prayer, to be devoted to the prayer because that's where we're gonna get our strength. That's where we're gonna get the determination. And when we get up off our knees, when we get out of our bed, we get off the couch or out of the chair, whatever it is, and we hear the word of the Lord and we rise up and we're contending in the midst of the challenges because I promise you the enemy's gonna come and try to distract, destroy, all of those things he comes to try to do. But God's saying, I'm gonna do this. It's a new thing. I'm about to do a new thing. Amen. Yes. If our expectations are to see God repeat a movement that he's done before, we're going to miss it. That's right. That's right. I'm telling you that as a word from the Lord. <laughs> if your expectations are, Lord, bring the revival you brought before, do what you did before God, we're going to miss it because I believe beyond anything, <laughs> God is going to do a new thing. Jeff, we've prayed this morning. We've heard these things. So there's, God is going to do something new and fresh. It's not going to look the same. It's not going to look the same. And that's why we need to be on our knees seeking God because there's not a clear picture painted for us right now as to what this is going to look like. But we want to be right in the middle of it as he's moving forward. I believe that church, church as we know it, Will begin to take on a, a new inspirational uh, look that will not be orchestrated by man. Man has to keep his hands out of this thing. I'm not saying things are going to go crazy, and we, you know, that's not how the Holy Spirit works. But we have to give room to the Holy Spirit because He's the one who's in charge, and He's the one that's calling the shots. We just need to come in alignment with that. With every movement that we've seen in history that's been powerful, yes, some of it got messed up, and it's because man got in the way of what God was doing and tried to force things and thought, well, this is, if this is good, then if we do this, it'll even be better. Right. And they started getting off track and getting out into the, in the decency and an order part. They got outside of that because yes. yes. God's a God of order, but he also is a powerful God that can move miraculously. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be careful in that. But there's a definite move of the Holy Spirit And as we're in his presence, seeking his face, we're going to see this begin to unfold. And we just have to be patient through the process, but he's working, he is at work. And so this cannot be orchestrated by man. This has to be through the power of the Holy Spirit moving. I believe we're going to see the power of God touch many people who have experienced emotional trauma, depression, anxiety, uh, PTSD, all these things. I just believe, I, I, I saw this picture of of this becoming a healing place, not only for healing of physical things, but healing of people's emotions, and that God instantaneously, right in the middle of worship service, somebody's going to be healed of those things. And I believe that's the power of God at work. There's other things that we do, yes, and we have supplemental things to what the Holy Spirit does, but He's the one that, that does it all, He's the great physician. But I believe we're going to see some supernatural power of God at work and we're going to see people healed in many ways, not just physical, but I believe emotional. Uh, All of these things are going to come about because this stuff is real and it's going on and it's affecting a lot of people. But God's heart is that every person comes certainly to the saving knowledge of Christ. But in the midst of all of that, There's stuff that he wants to just come down and say, I'm going to take that, I'm going to take that, I'm going to take that, and he's going to bring the healing power for those things. i tell you what, the timing for the miracles that are unfolding right now before us for our property, which I'll be talking about more next week, boy, in the natural eyes as we sit here today and we're looking like, wow, God, really right now? I mean... We don't really have the resources to, God says, don't worry about that. I have all the resources I need. What better way to bring glory to God than do it with just a remnant <laughs> than to have thousands of people just being able to go, oh, yeah, we, we made it. As this f- unfolds and progresses and we see, we're going to see the power of God, the hand of God, and guess what? The community is going to go, whoa. How did they do that? How did that happen? So I, I, I just believe God, as we pursue him and as we're praying and seeking him, he's going to open up and reveal so many things to us. Hmm. Here's the other thing I felt like the Lord showed me. said, this marks, this marks right now, moving into 2020, this marks the end of your wilderness experience. That's a word. That's a word that you need to grab a hold of. Whatever you've gone through and experienced that has challenged you, and it may not be 40 years, but you understand in in the sense of what the children of Israel went through for 40 years and wandering and waiting and waiting, I believe that that as you seek God like never before, as you put him first in your life, you're going to see breakthrough. As individuals and as a church, this is the time and the season of the Lord if you've been comfortable in that wilderness experience, then it's going to start getting uncomfortable for you because I believe God wants to shake us and move us and get us out because we're, you know how the children of Israel started getting a little comfortable or they were getting upset and they just wanted to go back to the old way? No, that, that, we can't do that. There's no going back. It's moving forward. It's embracing God's word to us and say, I've got better things ahead. Forget the past. Behold, the old things, they're gone. Whatever happened in your life in the past, God has a new, fresh plan, and He'll bring joy with it. That's the thing. Some of you have lost your joy over the journey, and God's bringing a fresh joy and a happiness in this process. Yeah, getting out of the wilderness. It's that little, that cloud that's just a little blip out there that you say, "That's it. I am contending for that." There's a little bit of hope that you see. There's something somebody said. There's something God brought to you and revealed to you. And he brought somebody into your life. Whatever it is, yes. grab a hold of it and say, I, I'm not letting this go. I'm going for it. I'm, pers- I'm pursuing with everything. Confidence, boldness. And grab somebody else by the arm and say, we're going. We're doing this. Come on. Join me in what we're doing. Because if we come every Sunday and just sit here and just wait for God to do it, it's not going to happen. But he says he's going to do it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Elijah had to get down off that mountain and start running. Because yeah. if he would have just stayed there and said, yeah, well, this is cool. I'm enjoying it. Man, no. It's time to get out and start running. Because what? guess what? The, this wagon's rolling. It's moving. It's already going. And we don't want to be left at the train station right. <laughs> as it's taken off. And we're going, oh, I was supposed to be on that train. Yeah. Get on now. Come on. Get on. Because that, that's the word of the Lord is... He's got some things. Here's the other one. Get ready. Get yourself ready. Prepare for harvest. That's another, Prepare for harvest. That's another thing the Lord gave me. And I put it in capital letters. Get yourself ready. Prepare for harvest. The power of God is gonna hit our community. Now, here's the thing with the Lord showed me. And the question is then: will you be ready? Will you be ready? Is the question. We are in the mindset that the, that revival and God's movement starts in the church. Right. Well, God showed me something a little different. It's going to start in the community. And if the church isn't ready, if it's not prepared, if it's not got everything set and ready for that, we're going to miss something. Yes, sir. Yes. Because he's chosen to work and move in the hearts of people whose hearts are prepared and they're ready. Yes, sir. Yes. And there's so many people in the church that he's like looking around, going, "Huh? Hmm, I'm going to go get people who really have a desire for something and change in their life and so he's going to start moving in the community and as a church we have to get ready and we can't be upset and say well that didn't it should have happened in the church first well God does those things in certain ways but I just believe I see some things shifting and changing and that's just what the Lord showed me again there's a, a mind because our mindset that revival in this has to start in the church and he's saying no I think I might start in the community but you better be ready for it we better be in the community with it because we're going to be rubbing shoulders with that. And it's such an easy transition to say, hey, come to church with me. But church is out there. Yeah, sir. Yep. Worship is in here and, and refreshing and all that. But church happens out, that's right. out there. Good. So that's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a word to use. So what if it begins in the community? Will you be ready? So as a church, we're going, and we'll talk more about this, but we're going to do what we can to prepare you for that. We're going to have, offer, we're going to have some classes, we're going to have some discipleship, we're going to have some things that will help. And I'm going to start a, a, a new series starting at the end of this month that's going to help prepare us towards some of these things. And I just really believe God is, is wanting to move and he's got some incredible things. I wanted to just refer really quick, there was a prophetic word that came over this church um, about nine and a half years ago. It was a divine assignment. That God gave, and probably those who are who are here may not remember it, but it was from Bob Isabel who spoke directly to our church, and he was given this this divine assignment. And I believe, fast forwarding, we're at that place. What God is going to re- is releasing some of these things, and he was he gave a scripture in Isaiah chapter fourteen. You can write this down, verse twenty four through twenty seven, but. It's the Lord of Heaven's armies sworn this oath. It will all happen as I have planned. It will be as I have decided. I will break the Assyrians when they are in Israel. I will trample them on my mountains. My people will no longer be their slaves nor bow down under their heavy load. I have a plan for the whole earth, a hand of judgment upon all nations. The Lord of Heaven's armies has spoken. Who can change his plans? When his hand is raised, who can stop him? So, he's talking about that God is a God of purpose. And he has thoughts about this church. And when God makes a decision, it's complete. The decision is complete when he makes that and said, Here's the word of the Lord. And so the devil cannot change the thoughts of God and the plans of God when it's declared. So, the devil, he tries to come in and manipulate that. But he can't change the heart of God, the thoughts of God, and what God has declared. And that was an important word that he brought. So only you and I can affect that in a negative sense by just saying, oh, we're, you know, disobedience. We're not going to line up with what God is saying. And so in Psalm 139, 17 and 18, he had this scripture. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. His thoughts are... We can't count them. They're numerous of of the good thoughts that he has for each one of us. And then he gave us six things about this divine assignment that has been given to the church. Number one, it's proof that God wants you to succeed at something. (laughs) If God doesn't say it, you know, if he didn't say anything, then he doesn't care. But he says something, and he gives us this divine assignment. It's proof that he wants us to succeed at something. And number two, your assignment is proof to help others. It's an assignment, not just for you to sit home with, but it's to help others. And number three, it's your assignment, not someone else's. So don't just, oh, that might be for somebody else. It's your assignment. Number four, people will promote or distract your assignment. The devil will try to distract, divert, deceive, disgrace, and destroy. And he uses people in some ways to just either to promote it or help, and that's what I believe the unity comes together, and we're able to do that together. Or somebody might come to try to poo-poo it, if that's a word, you know, your, what God's plan is, and to try to distract you from whatever that is. Number five, when you're not fulfilling the assignment, errors become probable. Things begin to happen in our life, things that, that the enemy begins to slip under our door, so to speak. So when we're not fulfilling, we're not going after the assignment, some of those things can happen. So we need to be like Elijah in pursuing this thing, contending for these things. And then number six, if your life isn't over, neither is your assignment. I like that. <laughs> if you're still breathing, living, breathing, you're, you're on assignment. There's no retirement in the kingdom. That's good to know. So those are some of the things that God's given me. I'm looking forward to next Sunday, some other things to talk about. But I just felt like God really wanted to come and reaffirm what his thoughts are—they're thoughts of good for us, for you, not of evil. They give you a future and a hope, all these things. But we're rolling; it's already in motion, and so we're getting on the train. And So I, I ask that if there's somebody here—and and, uh, again, I'm not—we don't normally do it this way, but I just felt like if, if there's somebody here with the prophetic on your life or when God has given you a word or something to say, we want to hear it as a church. Before we go, I, maybe the worship team can come on up. and I, Jeff, you want to grab the microphone there? If there's anybody, just come on up and sit up here at the front and something, you know, keep it somewhat brief. But give us, give us what God's given you. So we, we want to hear that. So as, as she's just playing, go ahead.
2: God just quickened to me an experience that we had with the gypsies. And at that time, we were in Phoenix. We were working with the church there in Phoenix. During the day, we worked with just the regular people. And then at night, we would work with the gypsies, Bible studies, and different things. And there was this one little gypsy boy, about five or six years old. And he would always be going around. And he would say, when's it gonna rain? I wanna see rain i never seen rain. And I said, you've never seen rain? Oh, what's it like? And of course I'm describing rain to him. And so this little boy kept on and kept on. And his dad said, you know, he, he doesn't understand. We've taken him to the mountain where the snow is. We've taken him different places, but he doesn't understand rain. We were there. The day the rain come came in Arizona, you don't get a lot of rain there, but that day that the rain hit right outside the church, just a pouring down rain. And the dad turned to his son and said, God answered your prayers, a little five-year-old boy. But I'll never forget that because the whole congregation came out of the church because everybody was rejoicing with the little boy that had believed for rain. He believed he wouldn't give up. And to me, that's the key in this. That little one kept contending, praying, no, I want to see rain. I want to see the rain. Well, I want to see rain too. Well,
0: God gave this to me about two weeks ago. I woke up in the middle of the night and I was asking God some questions and so he gave me some answers. (laughs) Uh, In Genesis, it says that whoever blesses Abraham, God will bless. And whoever curses Abraham's seed, God will curse. So I had been thinking about, you know, America. uh, Our president said that Jerusalem was the capital of Israel and he moved our embassy there. And I think God has blessed us because our economy just continues to keep better, getting better and all the time. So I was thinking about, well, the President recently said that uh, we'll no longer call in the West Banks, these cities the Israelites have built settlements. We're going to call they're not settlements anymore. Those people are living there and they're going to stay there. And so I was thinking, well God, what does that mean? I mean, how are you going to bless America over that? And he said to me. He said to me because you have decided to bless israel what i'm going to do to you you've done naturally to israel natural land natural cities Well, i'm going to bless you spiritually i'm going to open up your cities and your houses and your homes and people are going to flow into the lord into the lord they're no longer to be going to be people out there who are in settlements but it's going to go out over, and you're going to encompass the land. I'm going to give you the land because you bless the seed of Abraham. I'm going to bless you spiritually and return to you the things that were taken from you, just like God is returning you the things that were taken from Israel. He's going to return to us the things that are rightfully ours.
3: I know I had a... I had like a, I guess it's like a, I don't know if you just call it a vision, a picture or something. uh, uh worshipped before. I can't remember what, it, you know. God will just bring things. Whatever happens, you know, and you'll, you'll, you'll. He will send you whatever he's going to send you in the moment. And I, I just imagined, I guess what we get what, what do we give to God? And I just imagined, just, I guess in relation to God, just a, a poor beggar on his knees extending his hand and saying and just looking at God and, God and saying God I have nothing God would you just give me my portion and I, th- I thought about it more and I thought that that we don't have anything to give to him and he doesn't we don't we, I mean we can give him our heart but he doesn't even need a heart he doesn't even need that And I realized in that moment that the reason why God does that for us is because he wants us to share in his glory. And I just thought, what an honor, what an honor it is that I would, that we would be able to share in his glory when we don't even need to. So just don't take that for granted. God, God is so merciful, God's so good.
4: I read this Psalms last night, and I felt like after I finished it, God said, you need to read that in church tomorrow. And I was like, that's funny, like my mind's being weird. And then when you're like, come and share, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to read this. I don't do stuff like this very often. So um, Psalms three, and it says, oh Lord, I have so many enemies, so many are against me. So many are saying God will never rescue him. But you, O Lord, are a shield around me. You are my glory, the one who holds my head high. I cried out to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy mountain. I lay down and slept, yet I woke up in safety, for the Lord was watching over me. I am not afraid of 10,000 enemies who surround me on every side. Arise, O Lord, rescue me, my God. Slap all my enemies in the face. Thank you, New Living Translation. (laughs) Shatter the teeth of the wicked. Victory comes from you, O Lord. May you bless your people. And that last part, victory comes from you, O Lord. I believe he has victory for people in this room this year. So I just, I claim that.
5: It's good words. Um, I believe that God is sharing personally to people. I want you to get your antennas up. God does not want you to not have a personal word in your life to direct you this year. And God will speak to you. If it takes a day of fasting, maybe. Maybe a couple days. Make an effort to come into the presence of God. And I believe God is going to give you a word that will direct you in this year. You believe that? I believe that God has started much of that even today. You may have heard it right in the words of Steve this morning. Can we pray... God, I pray that we would not be those that would depend on our own gifts, our own abilities. But God, we instead would be a people that would get shoulder to shoulder with each other and we would say, God, we need you to do something way bigger than we can ever do on our own. Jesus, you said that when you came to the planet was so that you would glorify the Father. And I pray, God, that deep in our heart that this would be the very, very bottom line to our heart, that we would be all about you being seen for who you are instead of us being seen for who we are. Because we'll fail people, but you will never fail. The glory is the revelation of God to people. They will see your glory as you move through your people. Let your glory come, God, that you would be revealed. Yes. People would see how good you are, how amazing you are, how how how, how you love your people. You love all people. Let it overtake us, God. Let the glory of God be seen in the earth again.
6: I just want to say that this service has been an awesome demonstration of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that this power and this presence of God is going to continue continue and become stronger and stronger and stronger it was in 1953 when I went to my first Bible college that I learned about all the things that were spoken today and I've watched the Holy Spirit work for years years and years and years different moves of God And one thing I've noticed is that when God works in something new, he doesn't throw away the old of what he's established. We maintain the root. Maintain the root, remember that, maintain the root. Hold on to the old that is part of the root, but be open to the fresh flourishing of the fruit that God is bringing we want to be open to the Holy Spirit, open to fresh things from God. We want to be open to God making changes and adjustments that are going to bring us more into alignment with Him. And I, 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 I have to be careful because I feel the presence of God so strong and I want to be respectful and I don't want to take a lot of time but I want to say, Pastor Steve, thank you Thank you for the leadership that you're providing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Steve. Oh, amen, amen. God has got us on a course. And I want to close by saying, I have so much I could say it's stirring and stirring and stirring. One of the things I want to say real quickly is that in Ephesians 4, it gives God's purpose ephesians chapter 4 gives god's purpose and it says then he gave some apostles some prophets some pastors or some evangelists some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry come on the saints are to be equipped for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of christ and the more the saints are equipped and the more they're functioning they're edifying the body and the Bible says that this is to continue. He gave these five apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers for this purpose until until we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect or a mature man under the measure of the fullness of the stature of Christ. Church, we're not there yet. We're not there yet, but we're on the way. We're getting closer. We're going to get in closer. And we need to keep it Bible. The more sure word of prophecy is the Bible, the Bible. So praise God, be excited and just have an intimate relationship with Jesus so that when you get to the end of your life, you can say like Jesus did, Father, I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work you have given me to do. So all of us have to have ears to hear what is God saying for you? What is he saying to me? And then we are his sheep. We hear his voice and we follow him. We do it. And the God says, I'm pleased because you've finished the work that I have given you to do. That's for all of us. It's not just for preachers and leaders. It's all of us, all of us, in Jesus' name. Father, I just pray blessing. Blessing upon blessing upon blessing upon blessing on everybody that's here. And God, whatever we may not understand as we continue to remain in unity, unified for the purposes of God, we'll see the hand of God work all these things together to see your glory and your honor We thank you for it, what you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank Thank
1: you for listening to City Life Church Podcast.